Hello. Thank you all for coming here. Pretty excited to be here. So my name is Colin Brumel, and I'm going to start off by telling you a little bit uh, about myself. So I'm a software engineer at Twitter, and I spend most of my time writing code. Uh, but in a previous life, I was a professional guitar player, toured for over 10 years. I uh, also did a lot of booking for bands at clubs and stuff like that. And going back even further, my love affair with music really started when I was like three and my parents enrolled me in violin lessons. So I've really always been in love with music and uh, passionate, uh, passionate about music. In my day-to-day -day work at Twitter, I don't often get the chance to work with music data directly, but, uh, but I am really, really fucking curious all the time. It's terminal. It's dangerous. And so when you put like a, you know, somebody who loves music with this like insatiable sense of curiosity uh, near this amazing data set, I mean, it's, it's arguably the best thing about working at Twitter is this easy access to a truly amazing, massive, rich set of data. And, uh, and there's these like cluster of computers just waiting to crunch these numbers and to do, uh, do analysis. It's, it's really, uh, it's really, I mean, how can you resist? You have to do some exploring and, and look at, uh, look at various things. And so, uh, during this presentation, I'm just going to show you some of the things that I've discovered while just exploring the Twitter data, and some I'm going to look at kind of how artists use Twitter, and also offer some kind of tips and maybe even some advice that might guide your own use of Twitter. And these are just kinds of things that I've found while um, while exploring this awesome data set. So I said that I don't really get a chance to work too much with music directly at Twitter. But it's kind of a lie because Twitter really is all about music. If you, if you look at the top followed accounts on Twitter, what you can see is that seven of the top 10 followed accounts, most followed accounts are musicians. And in fact, 30 of the top 50 are musicians. And so it's a, it's a, it's a big part of kind of Twitter as a platform. So it leads me to a question. So what do the president, YouTube, and Kim Kardashian have in common? Any, any guesses? Well, true, but they're also the only three, follow, uh, three accounts that are not musicians in the top 10. Uh, it's so sad to see Barack Obama right behind Britney Spears. I don't know what that <laughs> says about the world, but you know, that's, that's how it goes. And so this list is actually really interesting. So this is like the, you know, the top end, you know, the most followed accounts. And I think the fact that there's so many musicians really speaks to Twitter's uh, power as a, as a product that fans want to engage with this direct way with musicians. And so fans are kind of craving this, this type of thing. And that's, that's fantastic to see. One thing that these large follower numbers often do, though, is, that, is it creates kind of this sense of fear in people. And so often people come up to me and be like, Colin, how do I get more followers? And it's like this sense of like fear and panic in their voices. It's like, it's like they've just found out they have cancer when they realize they have like a low follower count. And, and I think that's really too bad. And so what I would like to do is introduce this concept called engagement, which is what we use kind of internally at Twitter to help, help measure things. And I would like to kind of position this engagement as a much more meaningful metric to try to look at than your follower count. Um, and so what do I mean by engagement? So engagement is the sum of re replies, retweets, favorites, follows, clicks. Anytime somebody interacts with a tweet, it's called an engagement. And I think this is a much more meaningful kind of thing to, uh, to look at. Um, an analogy is like uh, if you just focus on your follower count, it'd be like trying to uh, drive a car down the road only looking at the speedometer. 
right? I mean, it's related. You're in a car, it's moving, the speedometer's moving, but it's, it's not what you want to be looking at. You want to be looking at the fucking road. <laughs> so if you have this, these engagements, you can come up with uh, an engagement rate. And that's simply the sum of all engagements over the number of impressions. So how many times has somebody clicked on a link versus the number of times that tweet was shown to a user? And so engagement rate is a really interesting metric to look at. And so that's exactly what I did. Uh, I made a list of a couple thousand Twitter artists, large and small. Your favorite artist might not be on it, but it's pretty representative of like, you know, a large number of, of artists on Twitter. And, uh, and I looked at tweets from last month, September, and we j I just sorted them by engagement. And I just wanted to see what, what was there. I wanted to see if there was like commonalities that emerged, if there was themes that were there. If uh, I just wanted to, to look at it and see what was there. So the most engaging tweet from last month is from One Direction. I don't, no, no judgment here, folks. This is, but what's interesting here is that it's, it has a 52% engagement rate. So, you know, you're looking at, you know, 220,000 impressions and 120,000 engagements, you know, clicks, retweets, replies, which is, which is insane. Like for just the sake of argument, like a typical banner ad, you're looking at, you know, 0 0.2, 0 0.3% kind of engagement, something like that, roughly. And so like to have like, you know, half the people, there are 52% engagement rate, it's just, it's crazy. And so there's other kind of themes that emerge as well. So for example, nine out of 10 of the top tweets had, engaging tweets had images or pictures attached. I'm counting the uh, live stream as a picture, but you get the idea. And so they all have pictures and the pictures can be of anything. Like maybe you're the guy from the band, the passion pit and you're partying with TV stars, you know, here he has 38% engagement. Um, or maybe it's just simple. Your tweet is simply the word trouble and a link to an image and the images of trouble. Uh, <laughs> or maybe your tweet is really like deep and philosophical and, and is, of a dog and you're Miley Cyrus. And, and, and so here, you know, her tweet, I love my life picture of her dog. Uh, and she gets like a 36% engagement rate on that tweet. And, you know, you know, almost a hundred thousand engagements, retweets, favorites, you know, just in incredible <laughs> numbers. Um, so a lot of these other kind of top engaging tweets have, like intrigue to them, right? So remember that in Twitter, it's like, you know, the tweet and then you have the link. And so like the link is kind of like the punchline to the joke. And so it's like, what's there? And so here, uh, you know, Ashba, the comment, you know, um, no comment is the tweet. And then there's this link. And so everybody's curious. You want to click on this link. And if you click on it, you're rewarded with a picture of a man wearing a pumpkin on his head, which is a good payout. I think that's <laughs> worth, a, worth a click for me. And uh, it's also no surprise that sexual innuendo always sells, you know, midday orgy link. I mean, who's not going to click on that? Um, when you click on it, it's not like naked people on a shag rug. It's guitars, which I think is really good for this presentation because it'd be really awkward if it was <laughs> otherwise. And so it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. And then here's, uh, from the, the Fleming lips, my all two, uh, favorite highly creative drug addicts are from St. Louis, two links. You know, you're curious. You want to see who are those two people. Turns out it's Miles Davis and William Burroughs. But, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of this, like, sense of intrigue that creates engagement and drives engagement. Um, another kind of common theme that you see on these, uh, on these high-engaging tweets is, like, the use of kind of, like, an authentic voice, this kind of personal, 
authentic voice. Uh, a great example of that is uh, Ben Folds here. His tweet is, uh, my 13-year-old daughter wrote an iTunes review of my new album. Thanks, Gracie. And then there's like a picture of the actual review on iTunes. And this is genius for so many different ways. And I, when I say genius, I don't, I don't think he's like this cold, calculating bastard. But I think he just, it naturally comes to him, right? He, like he can't help but, but do these you know, perfect things, right? So he, you, know, you read this thing and it's kind of sentimental, but you know his album's on iTunes. You know he has a new album. You know, it's like, uh, it's, it's killer. The other thing too that's interesting is that this has, this is the highest engaging tweet with the mention of the word iTunes in it. And it's not like some total self-promotional buy my new album on iTunes. It's like this kind of subtle thing. But this is like, this is like the highest engaging one with the mention of iTunes. Um, and so the other thing too that's neat is like people just love rock stars doing normal things. Like Katie Goodman, I'm a bridesmaid, hashtag bridal shower right? It's just like people crave this kind of insight into just people's everyday lives. Um, you know, in a 36% engagement rate, it's like, it's, you know, off the charts. So the other thing that's important to keep in mind is that Twitter is indeed this bi-directional platform. It's a communication platform. And so doing things like prefixing your tweet with a at reply, you know, to so th this tweet here at Jenny Lewis, look who I found and then, and it's from this band, The Best Coast. And then there's like this photo of Jenny Lewis from this old movie because she was like this child actor. And so, you know, of course she's going to be like, she's going to get it. She's going to see it. She's going to be stoked. She'll re retweet it, which she did. And then she, and she'll favorite it, which she did. And then her fans saw it and it started this kind of conversation. And so the end result was like this 39% engagement rate for this one tweet. But the idea that if you treat, uh, treat uh, Twitter as this conversational platform that uh, that leads to these kind of high engaging tweets and also increases your reach, which is another important thing, right? If you only have a thousand followers and somebody who has 10,000 followers retweets you, that's good, right? Your reach has been expanded. Uh, an example of that is the band Grizzly Bear. So the, here's a very simple tweet, just sad face, right? <laughs> You know, there's not much there, right? 34% engagement rate. But it turns out that the sad face was in reply to a tweet that Pitchfork Media had about Fiona Apple being busted for weed in Texas, right? So sad face, she was busted for weed, right? And so, but it started this conversation. And so that's, that's kind of like the main point is that if you start this, these conversations, people interact and you, and you, get, uh, you get these high engagements. engagements. So I think it's also useful to think about what you don't see here. And so what you don't see are these like crass self-promotional, like, you know, third person kind of things where it's like, you know, band names, new album is on iTunes, buy it now, right? It, it just it, like, it's maybe it's useful, maybe you get a couple clicks, but it's not, you're not maximizing your usage of Twitter as this kind of conversational platform. Um, and so the other thing that leads me into is, is that it's important to really know your audience. So who, who are these people? Like, who are your followers? What are they like? And so if you look at like, say Miley Cyrus, for example, uh, you can see that, you know, there's like, you know, 80 some odd percent are female, almost, sorry, 90% are female, 11% male. And so when she posts this picture of her dog, you know, her followers who are mostly young females are stoked. They love it, right? Picture of a dog, bring it on. But, uh, you know, it resonates for them, right? And so I tried to find... I spent some time trying to find a counterexample for Miley Cyrus. So I wanted to find a Twitter account that has like a real male following that like some maybe jocular following that I could use as a counterexample. And so I found Sean Drover, the drummer from Megadeth, 
uh, great drummer. <laughs> Any fans of the double kick drum? No. And so, so he, uh, you know, he has like this predominantly male drummer following. And so when he puts, posts a, t- a tweet to buy his signature snare drum, his fans are stoked, right? So it's important to know your, you know, know your audience. And another part about knowing your audience is knowing when it's appropriate to tweet. Um, so a lot of people don't know this, but th- there's like this notion of a half-life of a tweet. And it's like just under 10 minutes. And so what I mean by the half-life of a tweet is like, you get half your engagement. So half your clicks, half your follows occur within the first 10 minutes of the tweet's life. So if you write a tweet and nobody replies to it, you get no favorites, no retweets in the first 10 minutes, the news is you're probably not going to get any at all. It's sad, but true. And so here's this chart that shows you the kind of the fall off of the tweet. And so there's a long tail there. And you can see that, um, you know, it, things do happen, especially if somebody later on retweets it, it can gets another life of its own. But for the most part, um, you know, 10 minutes, half your engagements are received. And so what this means is like, if you're a band and you've just finished your set and it's 3am on the West Coast, uh, and all your Twitter followers are asleep, it's not a good time to make a tweet, because they're fucking asleep. And so I encourage you all to not play for an empty room. Nobody likes to play for an empty room. And so if you tweet and like, it's just, no one will see it in the morning, right? You have 10 minutes to, to make an impression. So if you know your audience, know when they're going to be there and know when they're, they're going to receive the tweet. Um, another question that often comes up is how often do you tweet? Like, is there some kind of like optimal number of times you tweet? And if you tweet this magical number, like the world opens up to you and, uh, the answer, like many questions is no, <laughs> there is no optimal number. It, it depends. Right. And so the average number of, of artist tweets is like 5.2 per day. So that's of this list of artists. It was five, which is interesting because the, the average number of times a typical Twitter user tweets per day is less. It's four. So already artists are kind of, you know, using the platform a bit more and, uh, and that's interesting, but you, uh, it really depends, right? And so I also looked at the most prolific tweeters. So in September, I compiled this list of like, the, like the most prolific tweeters, uh, tweeters on Twitter, and it's like insane. Like, you know, these are not bots; these are just real people writing a hell of a lot of tweets. <laughs> and so, and it's there's a lot of hip hop artists too. I don't know why why that is. Um, my favorite example though is Snoop Dogg, who unleashed this like barrage of like 108 tweets in a 24 hour period, most within like a 12 hour chunk over the night of September 7th and 8th. And so, and it was for his like new movie that he was coming out. And so he was kind of excited about it, but like, you'd think, wow, that would just, that would like, that must've killed him. He must've just had all these unfollows and he did, but he also had an equal number of follows, which is puzzling. Right. And so I think what, what I'm kind of taking away from this is that there's kind of, if, if you follow somebody, there's essentially this implicit contract that is created between the follower and the followee. So like if somebody signed up to follow me, you subscribe to me, then it's, you know, I tweet once a day or maybe, maybe that, right? And so there's this contract between me and the person who's following me that I'm going to maintain that kind of pattern, right? And so um, I, think, I think the people that, that stick to that kind of implicit contract that exists do well. And if you don't, you don't do well, you're punished. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes quite brutally. Um, so, so that's that. So in summary, 
um, I think that like Twitter is a great home for musicians and artists, and there's really kind of this incredible appetite for musicians and to create these like real bonds between musicians and and fans on Twitter, and especially content from from people that have that kind of like authentic personal voice. I think that's that's really important. Um, we also talked about ways that if you're going to try to optimize your Twitter usage, you should think about optimizing your engagement rate rather than like your follower rate. And we looked at some of those kind of commonalities amongst the engaging tweets. And so if I were to really kind of distill this down into three salient points, it'd be, you know, authentic, real voice and to know your audience, know, know where they are, who they are, when they're, when they're there, when they're on Twitter. And to also to tell your story with pictures. Uh, people just can't help clicking on links of images. It's, it's crazy. Uh, so those are kind of like the three main points if you wanted to try to improve your own uh, usage of Twitter. Um, and lastly, in closing, I also would like to encourage you to experiment and measure, which is key, and to try to find what works for you if you want to try to optimize your Twitter experience. And there's all these great tools. I mean, we just saw that great presentation. There's tons of tools out there that help people measure various aspects of their Twitter usage and, and what happens. And so I think, I think experimenting and measuring is, is something that, uh, if you're so inclined, would really uh, help drive Twitter engagement. Um, so that's, that's basically it. You should also check out, there's this great um, wiki page, uh, Twitter for Musicians and Artists. It's at dev.twitter.com uh, media slash music. And it has, it's filled with great tips and, and uh, recommendations. And also there's a Twitter music account, which you should all follow. And that's it. I really thank you for your time. It's been uh, great to chat with you. And if you have any questions, uh, please ask. Uh, I did, but I didn't, it, that's not... <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, so the question was, this, so how does the social graph inf affect those engagement metrics? And that's a good question. And I don't, like, I mean, I don't have the, a slide that I can show that. Um, so we show, we actually show the engagement rate to advertisers at Twitter right now. Um, and so if an artist is an advertiser, which many of them are, then they would, they would see that. Um, sorry, what was the first part of your question? Yeah, so it's so it's really just the number of times that that tweet is inserted into someone's timeline or appears in a search, and so we just we just simply count the number of times we do that. Right, but but so so it's true. Your your point is 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 good. So it's it's not a perfect. These are not perfect calculations. Um, all all we mean by the word impression is is simply that tweet has been inserted into someone's timeline, and and, and they'll see it because remember there's gaps in people's timelines. So if you're viewing your timeline and, and you go away for two days and you come back, there'd be a large number of, of tweets that you would have missed. And so we wouldn't count those as impressions. But if, if you're there and you, you, know, you, you hit show me more tweets and we insert that tweet, then that's counted as an impression. So it, it, in practice, it works, the number works out pretty well. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know the answer. That's a really good question, though. <laughs> Send me an email. I'll email you the answer. Uh, question there. Sure. And another great question. So, the, so the question was, how do you how do you know your audience? What kind of how would you find out who these people really are? Um, so, for again, for for our uh, analytics customers in, at Twitter and our advertisers at Twitter, we do have these a, a nice dashboard that really breaks it down: who your followers are, where are they located from, you know, all the kinds of demographic information about them. It's and it's uh, and it's great. So, 
so if you're an advertiser at Twitter, that, that tool would be available to you. But also, uh, I know there's a whole host of third-party software that does very similar things and displays those, uh, those types of things broken down. Um, so other than using some kind of you know, commercial tool, I mean, I guess it would just, <laughs> you'd have to uh, just engage with your, your fans or engage with your followers and, and see what they're interested in. But there, but there are a large number of tools, some of them free too, so... I mean, so the answer is both. And so, so again, so the engage, so counting uh, like a favorite as an engagement, I mean, it's not perfect because if someone's just trying to save a tweet for later because they think it sucks and they want to show it to someone later, then we're kind of counting it wrong. But I think kind of, you know, in general, you know, clicking a star button on a tweet is a positive sign. And so to count it as an engagement makes sense. Does that answer your question? Yeah. So I think, so... Maybe I can't remember exactly when. Maybe like a year ago. That's a totally random guess. We made it so that when you favorite something, it sends an email to the person that like so and so has just favorited your tweet. And so I think a lot since we did that, I think a lot more people are now using it as like a like kudos to you. That was humorous. You know, like it's like an expression of uh, you know delight or something like that, where you're 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 thanking the person for making some tweet or something like that. And so I think that's predominantly how people use it. But I mean, I know that like there's lots of software that use favorite as like like you know, it's tied in through some back end system to as a read me later feature. There's like, you know, the the favorite thing is often hijacked by other apps. So it's not perfect. So so the question is does the number of uh people the artist follows back uh impact the engagement numbers? Um so again, I, I don't have the data here, but just intuitively, uh, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like I'm sucking at this. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, think, I think artists that engage with their fans, whether it's fo through following them back. I mean, like if you think of somebody at the top in like Lady Gaga, there's no way that she followed, like, you know, her follower to followee ratio is like crazy, right? And so... But she does actually reply to people all the time. And so she just scans her at reply, you know, stream and answers and, you know, responds to people and makes, you know, teenage girls lives by replying to them on Twitter. And so, it, you know, I think that kind of thing has a positive effect on your engagement. I'm not sure if actually following somebody back would be, is, is that important as just interacting with people in general? Yeah, sure. So the question is, like, how do, so is the question, how do, do those particular engagement rates compare to engagement rates or advertisers see? Well, let's see. So I'm not sure what the average is. I mean, just intuitively, like, like that, the 50% engagement rate from one direction is, is pretty high, but we have had had uh, advertiser campaigns that have had that high engagement rate. So the, the kind of canonical example is when the VW Beetle was launched, they, they they ran a promoted tweet campaign and they had they had fifty percent. I think it was don't quote me on this, but I think it was a fifty percent engagement rate too, right? So you can, yeah. So it's it it holds through there too. I think we're almost out of time here. One more question. You you two have to arm wrestle. Right here. Okay, then how about this guy up here? No, no, no. Yeah. So the question is like, at what point do you actually get self promotional? Like, when do you announce your your you know tickets to your show are available, and I think yeah I mean I, I don't know I, again I, I'm not sure of the uh, totally like mathematically correct answer, but I mean I think if you have uh, a history of having these high engaging tweets and you're you know you're doing all these things or speaking with this authentic voice, then people are open to being told that 
your concert tickets are now on sale, right? And so if you're like, essentially, if you're like a good citizen of Twitter and you, uh, you know, interact with it appropriately, then the people are receptive to your message, more receptive than if it's just this like megaphone. It's like, nobody wants to be like the, uh, like, it's just like some drunk dude in a party standing in the corner yelling by himself, right? It's like, it's so many people when they first come to Twitter, that's what they do, right? It's just, they don't understand that it's conversational. It's just, they're just like, buy my album, buy my album. And so, you know, that that's not going to work very well for you. But if you if you do have a conversational aspect of it, then I think uh, I think it works well. All right. Well, thanks so much.